0: Season 1, episode 59, Pete's podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, John chapter 5, verses 1 through 47. Okay, I wanted to uh, just quickly kind of review chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4, because I thought I had time, and I won't be able to do that through the entire book of John, there's 21 chapters. and. Uh, I I don't have enough time on these podcasts to to review in depth, but I thought I would just take this opportunity to review Um, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is an eyewitness account of John who was with Peter, James, and John. And they saw the transfiguration of Christ right before his death. And this is written one of the last, well, it is the last gospel to be written, and probably the last of the New Testament to be written, as John lived longer than, he lived 30 years longer than than uh, Peter. Um, Paul died about the same times. James was martyred about 30 years before this was written. Anyway, James, uh, John chapter 1, we've got the poetic. Uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, we have the testimony of John the Baptist, which was uh, at the baptism of Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ came down uh, the Jordan in, in, to the Jordan River which would be at the bottom of a valley, and I picture him coming down to the water, and John, his first cousin, well, no, not his first cousin. His his mother and his, Elizabeth were f- first cousins, so this would be his second cousin. Anyway, John, I'm sure they grew up together, and John was six months older than Jesus, but this time he sees Jesus in a, in a whole new light. And seeing Jesus coming unto him in the river Jordan, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, that takest away the sins of the world. If you put your cell phone in your right hand, if you have a cell phone, I mean in your left hand, palm up, you put your cell phone in there, and you take your uh, right hand, and you turn it palm up, there's a difference there. The, the, the right hand represents Christ, the left hand and your cell phone represent you and your sin. And then take your left hand—I mean your right hand—the one that represents Christ—and and and take the cell phone off your left hand and and put it on and to, with your right hand turn it over. Now you got both hands facing palms up. Your left hand on the left, your right hand on the right. The left hand represents you without sin, and the right hand represents Behold the Lamb of God that takest away the sins of the world. Not just your sin, but the sin of the whole world has been paid for and was paid for 2,000 years ago. He paid for past sins. He paid for future sins. He paid for the sins of the world, the whole world. Every sin has been paid for. The judgments that we faced in the future as believers, we face the judgment seat of Christ for reward in heaven. The lost face the the great white throne at the end of the millennium for punishment in hell, prepared for Satan and his demons. But your sins have been paid for, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. All right. So, um, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So John the Baptist was was witnessing for Jesus. Uh, Jesus in in uh, chapter one calls his first disciples uh, you can read that Jesus calls uh, Philip and Nathanael and Nathanael doesn't believe that anything good come, come from Nazareth and, and all that Jesus has to do is say when when Philip saw you under the tree or before Philip came to you I saw you under the tree and and uh, Nathanael answered and saith unto him Rabbi thou art the son of God thou art the King of Israel I don't know what your salvation experience is going to be like but um, mine was was believing that salvation was a free gift repenting of I like to say repenting of my dead works not trying to I was never trying to work my way to heaven I just thought you had to and I wasn't good enough to get there but when I found out it was a free gift uh, to whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life I said I'm in John 3:16. So I trust the Lord that night, and I think it came to came to really clear to me when uh, this girl said to me as I was leaving the Bible study. Everybody else had already left, except for the the Bible Florida Bible College cadre. Uh, but they she said, "If I never see you again, I'll see you in heaven." And I said, "You're right." And I just knew from that moment. And uh, anyway, all right. Uh, so now we're going to take a look at chapter two, the wedding of Cana um uh, which was his first miracle, water to wine. And I think just his his uh uh marriage is it represents the bride of Christ is the church. And we have the marriage feast of the Lamb, while the Jewish people and, and all the unbelievers uh that didn't get called up at the rapture will a lot of them will become in to Christ the first day of the tribulation. And, but we're going to be in heaven at the marriage feast of the Lamb. And, uh, I guess we'll be joined by uh, the martyrs that are killed by the Antichrist during the seven year tribulation, which every time I say that, I tell you it's cut short because nobody would survive. It's really, really rough. The, the hard times. And, um God would like some people to live on into the millennium, so he's going to cut it short anyway so uh, but uh God's endorsement of marriage i think uh good idea don't don't uh the woman at the well in chapter four you know you you've been married five times, and a man you're living with is not your husband, so if you're not married and um you may you might want to think about it anyway uh if you're living with someone, sorry um not that that's going to save you and i probably shouldn't have brought it up but anyway um jesus cleanses the temple he does that you know he makes three trips there a year so it gets kind of confusing on what trip he's on um i think this is the first passover and i think he was involved over three years with four passovers the first one which would be this one in uh, chapter 2 verse uh, 13 and uh, he cleans the temple and then the um, and then the one year goes by it's a second passover of his ministry and then two years go by and that would be the third and the third year he only had a public ministry for 3 years the last the one where he was crucified at the passover because he was the passover lamb Um, would be the fourth of his public ministry, uh, Passovers. Anyway, the temple's cleansed on his first one and uh, the last one of his public ministry. He cleanses, chases out the money changers and the offering of animals and people trying to change the house of prayer into a place of merchandise. Uh, Jesus knows... um, What's in man, which, uh, he knows everything. He, he, he I guess I will say he was a man, and when he walk, walked on this earth for 33 years, and he, the only difference between his temptation and ours is he was tempted in every way as us, but but yet without sin. Okay, John chapter 3, my favorite chapter, uh, Nicodemus comes to him and says, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. We uh, no man could do the miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Uh, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So some people are offended by this concept of being born again. Um, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. The night I trusted Christ as my Savior, I was born again. Did I feel it? No. In fact, I looked up from a prayer that the guy had me praying. I said, look, I didn't feel anything. I didn't see anything. I didn't see any fireworks. Nothing happened. He said, it's not a feeling. Some days you feel good. Some days you feel bad. But if you trusted Christ, you're going to heaven. And it wasn't until I walked walked out and there was a girl sitting there, and literally she had tears going down her, tears of joy. I didn't even know the girl. I know her now. But... But she, um, she had, um, she, she said, if I never see you again, I'll see you in heaven. They, they were not tears of sadness. They were tears of joy that I had trusted Christ. And I said, you're right. And then, then I did know it. Then I, I, I hate to say it, but then I did feel something. I was happy. I was, you know, I was like, I found it. This is it. Free gift. Anyway, John chapter 3. Um, For God so loved the world... John chapter 3, verse uh, 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might... Uh, Let me try that again. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on the Son is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed the name of the only begotten Son of God. All right. So then, then the last third of, of John chapter 3 is uh, John the Baptist exalting Christ. And John chapter 3 ends with, with the gospel according to jo- John the Baptist. John the Baptist says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Jesus said in John six forty seven. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me has everlasting life. John the Baptist says, he that believes on the Son has everlasting life. So if you're trusting in Jesus Christ, you have everlasting life. If you're... Uh, anyway, it, it's not the amount of faith. God, I believe, helped thou my unbelief. It's the object of our faith. It's the object of our hope. I never liked the word hope. Or I believe so. I believe so is very weak. Did, did did you put the Bible in the car? I believe so. That's not very strong. But um, here it is. It's, it's strong because of the object. If your faith is in Jesus Christ, it's super strong. Okay, because of the object of our faith. Hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Well, I don't want to believe in a God that's angry. I don't want to believe in... Jesus Christ took the wrath of God for us. Now, if you want to take it yourself, that's your business. But uh, you're not going to get a whole lot of sympathy from me when it's a free gift. And for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So if you want to be stubborn about it, that's your business. Some believe and some don't. Uh, Acts, second to last chapter, end of second the second to last chapter of the book of Acts. Some came to Paul and believed, some did not. Okay, uh, chapter 4, the Samaritan woman, who I really, I I just, I don't know, I just can identify with this woman. Um, uh, Let's see, where, um, okay, yeah. And the woman saith unto Jesus, I know that Messiah comes, which is called Christ. This is verse 25, 425. John 4.25 When he has come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Basically, I am. I am the Messiah. Um, his disciples come and uh, he says that the harvest is uh, ripe uh, but the laborers are few. All right. So uh, John chapter three it ends. John chapter four ends with the, the 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 ruler from Capernaum coming down to Cana, which is a day's journey, uh, maybe a day and a half journey, um, to to Cana, and says, "Sir, come down ere my child die. Come down to the coast of the Sea of Galilee, which means downhill." And uh, and Jesus simply says, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And when he's close to home the next day, his, his servants find him and say, Your son lives. Uh, and he asks, What time? And they say it was the seventh hour, which is uh, one o'clock in the afternoon, uh, zero being sunrise. And uh, the first hour, seventh hour, six, I'm guessing around one o'clock. Uh, this was the second miracle that Jesus did when he had come out of Judea to Galilee. And he did that three times a year, it sounds like. So he was constantly traveling back and forth between his home and the temple, and God just set it up that way. Um, the temple's going to be destroyed in eighty seventy, and has, it's going to be rebuilt by the Antichrist and made a mockery of when he offers a sacrifice at the three-and-a-half-year mark of the tribulation called the Abomination of Desolation. Okay, so... How much time did my review take? Too much time. All right, let's take a look at uh, John chapter 5. And um, I'm trying to set up the podcast where it'll take you through the book of John. And uh, anyway, John chapter 5. The healing at the pool on the Sabbath. The pool called Bethesda. Okay, John chapter 5. Verse 1, after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. So he's pretty much constantly going back and forth here. Uh, John kind of uh, records those events, his travels pretty much. Uh, And that's what he did during his ministry. He had no place to lay his head. He just was moving for three years, moving around a lot. Um, Content with food and clothing, I guess, as he tells us to be in Timothy. Timothy. Uh, verse two. Now there is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Okay, so picture this pool with five porches around it, and uh, there are probably Roman columns or whatever they had. Jewish columns, really. I mean, they were. Uh, that was kind of David's architect bef- architecture before it was Roman. Anyway, uh, in these lay great multitudes of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. You know, just when Jesus was doing miracles and there were just a lot of miracles, if you read You read the New Testament, you'll see that that Satan was doing a lot of miracles too. There was kind of, there's been three times when there's been a lot of miracles. The time of Moses, the time of Elijah, well, Moses followed by Joshua, Elijah followed by Elisha, and Jesus followed by the apostles. But most of human history, the 6,000 years of human history, have been very uh, uneventful. And God would like us to believe from His Word. That's how I came to Christ. Um, But uh, anyway, we might be living in a very miraculous time. I guess the first miracle will be the last one that I see, which would would be the rapture if that that occurred in my lifetime. Anyway, um, okay, so uh, a certain man was there with an infirmity for 38 years. And Jesus saw him lie and knew that... He had been now a long time in that case. And Jesus said to him, "'Wilt thou be made whole?' And the impotent man answered, "'Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled "'to put me into the pool. "'But while I am coming,' "'crawling, I guess, uh, "'another steppeth down before me.' "'Jesus saith unto him, "'Rise, take thy bed, and walk.' "'And immediately the man was made whole,' and took up his bed and walked. And the same day was the Sabbath. And the Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. The man that was healed answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. And the Pharisees asked, they him, what man is it that said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? They're more interested in in the man that, that broke the Sabbath than the man that healed this guy that had been paralyzed for 38 years or whatever his condition was. It sounds like he was lame. Um, then asked they him, what man is it that said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? Verse 12. Verse 13. And he that was healed knew not who it was for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in the place. So it was easy to, to blend in the crowd and take off. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple, downtown Jerusalem, probably not a very long walk from the, the pool at Bethesda to the temple, and said unto the man that was healed, uh, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. And he could say that to any one of us. If you don't think God could say to you, uh, "Send no more. Uh, and and again, he's going to correct his children. Uh, the worst thing could never be hell or anything like that. But I was in a really bad motorcycle accident. and uh, But it, it turned out to be a blessing in disguise. And uh, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, verse 15. The man departed and found the... The leaders of Israel there uh, that it was and told them that it was Jesus that had made him whole, therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him, okay they're ready to kill Jesus now I don't know if this is the second Passover or how much time has elapsed here, and it's it's not a synoptic gospel like the others, but anyway um they they want to kill him pretty early in his ministry. Uh, they they sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day, which is the fourth commandment. Um, the first deal the first four deal with our relationship to God: one God, no idols, um, keep His name holy, and keep the Sabbath. And then we start dealing with. Uh, Love your neighbor as yourself, which is, do not murder, do not, uh, I'm sorry, honor your parents, number five, number six, do not murder, number seven, do not commit adultery, number eight, do not steal, and number nine, do not covet what your neighbor has. All right, so, um, basically, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. Okay, so they're picking out number four and they want to kill somebody for disobeying it. Uh, Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto and I work. So God works on the Sabbath and like we just healed this man. And he asked them one time, which one of you would have a, 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 a an ox that was in a ditch and you wouldn't get him out the same day? And they, of course they would all do that. And uh isn't a person more valuable than a but anyway these miracles were testifying who he was to them and they weren't believing it but he goes through his how john uh testified uh of christ how that the miracles he did testified of christ at the very Father, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased at his baptism and also at the Mount of Transfiguration. And then you've got the scriptures that speak of the Messiah over and over. Read Psalm 22, Isaiah 53. Described, and, and Jesus could do a really good job with, with the whole Old Testament and make our ears uh, burn. I think that's what the men on the road to Emmaus said. Did not our hearts burn within us as he told us about him about himself from the old testament anyway here we go um, um where am i at um uh, and he answered uh them he that verse eleven uh Okay, I was on verse fourteen. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, "Behold, thou art made whole; sin no more, lest the worse thing come upon thee." The, men, <clears throat> the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus that had made him whole. Therefore, the Jews uh, therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done this on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, "My Father worketh hitherto, and I work." Jesus, uh, in verse 18, Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill Jesus because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. They knew who the Messiah was, that he was God in the flesh and the prophesied Savior, and that if Jesus Christ was that individual, he would be equal with God. And the rest of John chapter five is Jesus talking to these people that want to kill him. So I will come back to that. You, you know, the audience is really important to understanding what's being said here. And there's a lot of people that don't want to kill him there that are in earshot of of Jerusalem at a feast day. The place is packed with all the Jews that come for the the feast that they have to come for. Pentecost, uh, the Feast of Trumpets. Uh, Feast of Booze, which might be the Feast of Trumpets. They have several names: uh, the Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Booze, which might be Pentecost. But anyway, I need to learn the three that they they come. Maybe Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Anyway, that's probably the the third. Anyway, but it's a lot of travel. It's only three times a year, but still, when you live eighty miles away and you walk everywhere you go, it's a uh, you know some time off from work, I guess. Okay, verse 21. Uh, Let me go back to verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever the Father does, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Like, I don't know, the resurrection from the dead, since that's where he goes in verse 21. For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. So, the resurrection of the dead is one of the six fundamental principles of Hebrews 6.1. The repentance of dead works, faith towards God, um, the, the the doctrine of baptisms number three number four uh the laying out of hands number five uh oh golly um num- number six is the e- eternal judgments um so i'll have to leave you take take a look at chapter hebrews chapter he, chapter six verses one and two for the five fundamental truths resurrection of the dead i think is the one i left out and that's what I wanted to talk about right here. But um, anyway, Jesus' body was dead in the grave for three days, and he rose again from the dead. But I don't think he was in the grave. I think he was in paradise preaching to the pri- saints in prison, and he led captivity captive on the third day. He said to the thief on the cross, This day you'll be with me in paradise. And it's a spiritual place. And Jesus was, you know, God is a spirit and must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. And yes, he can take on human form, and that's called a theophanies or a Christophanies, if Christ does it in the Old Testament. But most of Christ's <clears throat> time has... Uh, I want to be careful in saying this, because it's kind of a, a, a new thought I've had. But, but um, just because he's not in his body doesn't mean he's not alive, okay? And just we're body present with the Lord, and if that, God wants to give us a new body at the end of the church age... When the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air with them, so shall we ever be with the Lord. My wife is absent body, present with the Lord. Uh, she'll get a, a, a new body, a spiritual body, uh, I think made out of, I, possibly the sea will give up its dead. I don't know if he's going to use the exact same uh, things that, that made us. I mean, the dust, it's all dust. Go, go find King David's body, which probably already rose from the dead because at the, at, the graves were opened up when Christ died. So I, I think the, the one at the rapture is for the church people. That's what I'm thinking. But resurrection of the dead is a fundamental uh, principle of the doctrine of Christ, so I'm going to be trying to figure out those things that in Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. All right, so um, verse 21, uh, 521. For as the Father raiseth the dead... And quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Just checking the time here real quick. Okay, for verse 22. For the Father judgeth no man, but committeth the judgment to the Son. That's kind of good news. Because, you know, we have an advocate with the Father, who is also the judge. I mean, not the Father, because he's committed all judgment unto the Son. So the judgment... Seat of Christ, the great white throne, the judgment of Israel during the tribulation here on earth, uh, the judgment of the sheep and the goats. Uh, that doesn't mean he's not gonna, there's not punishment involved here. The punishment involved at the judgment seat of Christ is loss of reward. But again, I, I think I can honestly say I do not want a reward I didn't earn. That would be like the guy that, that gave himself a ranger tab in the army. He didn't graduate from Ranger School, and I guess he thought nobody would notice, but they did and he He left the Army as a second lieutenant, which I never heard of except for that one case. Normally, you got like an automatic promotion during your your until they want to get rid of you. If you don't make major, they pretty much get rid of you but but anyway um but not making first lieutenant never hurt anybody except the guy that gave himself an award he didn't deserve anyway, all men should honor. The Son, even they as as they honor the Father, he that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father that has sent him. Okay, just get used to it. You know, he suffered the death of the cross, and God hath made him uh and God hath honored him because he suffered the death even the death of the cross. Therefore God also hath highly exalted Him and given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So when you glorify the Son, you glorify God. If you don't glorify the Son, you don't glorify God. I and my Father are one. So we're a trinity, and we're fixated on the body because we came into existence with a body the zygote the the fertilized egg and it was 100% dna 100% us at that point but anyway um, so the trinity i you know i don't completely understand god the father god the son and god the holy i don't understand myself body soul and spirit but i do trust the creator to do right and i do believe that we are in the Church Age, we are absent of body and present with the Lord, and as the body without the spirit is dead, that, that I'm not going to be waiting to, you know, in a grave somewhere or whatever. If you died in the Titanic on the bottom of the ocean or whatever, uh, in the sand as you became dissolved in the salt water, they don't find any bones down there. They find shoes still on the, by the Titanic because they were. Uh, tanned in such a way that they just, uh, salt water doesn't, the animals don't eat them. But uh, anyway, that's a little known fact about the Titanic, I guess. Okay, we got to move on here. Verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. The gospel according to Jesus Christ. Worth reading again. John chapter 5, verse 24. Verily I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, the Father. That's what I did. I believed on the fa- God the Father of John 3.16. For God the Father so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. I believe in Abba Father. I pray to Abba Father. All things are possible unto you. Take this cup from me, whatever it is. I pray for my friends. Take this cup from them. Nevertheless, not our will, but your will be done. Hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That's what we've been, that's what we've done. We're born again. We've passed, we've quickened. Spiritually, we we're, we're made alive. Verily, verily I say unto you, the hour cometh, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear him shall live now this is just a, a few years before his crucifixion when the graves were opened up but this could also be Christ doing what he loves to do and that is to jump to the 70th week of Daniel during the tribulation this would be at the at the rapture the hour is coming and now in when the dead shall hear his voice and the son of god and they shall hear shall and they that hear shall live um It's later going to talk about resurrection to life and resurrection to damnation. So, um, I guess you get a body to suffer with, but you don't have to. For God so loved the world, He gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, I can trust in a God like that. If you can't, that's your business. For as the Father hath life in Himself, so hath He given to the Son to have life in himself. Verse 27, And hath given him authority to execute judgment, also because he is the Son of Man, deity. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all they that are in the grave shall hear the voice This is the resurrection of the dead, one of the fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let me see if I can do it. Uh, the, the judgment. Um, uh, repent of your dead works. Faith towards God. Um, the doctrine of baptisms. Uh, the laying on of hands. The resurrection of the dead. And eternal judgment. There's the six. I got it for you. Uh, Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. Uh, this is the re- resurrection of the dead, which I told you I'm weak on, but I'm starting to deal with it. Okay? Okay. So he could he could have the stones rise up and and praise him on the way into Jerusalem. So he could have your body come together as he formed Adam's body out of the dust of the ground. That's pretty much what you go back to. So uh, witness witnesses of Jesus. Okay, so here's here's the four witnesses and I'm just going to read this real quick. The four witnesses are John the Baptist, the miracles of God, God the Father, and the Scripture itself, which is what the way I came to Christ. Okay. Uh, verse 30. The witnesses of Jesus. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just, because I seek not my own, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that beareth witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesseth of me is true. Here he is, the first witness. You sent unto John, you that want to kill me. That's who he's talking to. Remember who he's talking to. These people are really mad at him for... These Pharisees of the temple are really mad at him for healing on the Sabbath. And so. But he's going to talk about something that they know about, John the Baptist. And they went out and asked him, Are you the Christ? Just a few chapters before this. You sent unto John, and, and he bare witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say, that ye might be saved." Even the people that, he wants, that want to kill him for healing on the Sabbath, those those so far from God, he wants, he's talking to them in the hopes that they might be saved. Verse 34. He was a burning, shining light, John the Baptist. And you are willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have greater witness than that of John the Baptist. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works... That I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me he was he's been doing works that aren't recorded here, but they're recorded in fact when he got back to Jerusalem because all the Jews go to the temple for for these three feasts, and they get back to I'm sorry they get back to Nazareth or he goes back to Galilee, and they go, Hey, we saw you do all those miracles in Jerusalem, do some here for us um Verse thirty-seven, and the Father Himself, which sent me, hath borne witness of okay, so you got John the Baptist, you got the works, the miracles that that he has done. Uh, and the Father Himself hath sent me and hath borne witness, so God the Father, and have neither heard his voice at any time, you have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape, and you have not His word abiding in you whom he has sent. The word whom he has sent. That would be Jesus Christ. Him you believe not. Because he knows what's in man and he knows that they want to kill him. Verse 39. Search the scriptures. The fourth witness. You got the first witness, John the Baptist. You got the second witness, the miracles that Jesus does. The third witness, God the Father himself. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. At the baptism and at the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, search the scriptures. For in them. Search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. They are they which testify of me. I've been lectured by people out of the scriptures that are as lost as they can be. Because they twist them. They don't know what they're talking about. And they want to point to their works. And, and that's that's you got to repent of your dead works. Your dead works are your very best works. They want to report to all these wonderful things they've done. You've got to leave those behind, my friend. And put your faith in Jesus Christ. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He has saved us. Knowing This says it six times. Knowing that Galatians 2.16, one verse says six times, it's not of works, it's of Him. Knowing that a man is just, not but justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified In Christ, not have. Oh man, I can't believe it. Galatians 2:16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. I'll have to let you count the six. Three times it says it's of Christ. Three times it says it's not of works. For a total of six times. Anyway, Galatians 2:16 the father which hath verse 37 the father hath sent me let me check my time here okay which hath sent me hath borne witness of me ye have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape and you have not his word abiding in you whom ye hath whom he hath sent him you believe not okay you have not his word, whom you hath, whom he hath sent. The word whom he hath sent—that's Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. This is John, so the word is God, is Jesus. Believe you believe him not. Search the scriptures. They want to kill Jesus. He's not really begging for his life because they can do nothing without him letting them do it. But and they think they're wrong, and he, and after he's or as he's dying, he says, forgive them. They know not what they do. So I think we can forgive since we nailed him to the cross with our sin. Excuse me. Um, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you might have life. I mean, they will not. They choose not to. An irresistible grace stuff. Not according to this, you will not come to me and believe. If you, if you, what they call it, uh, what I forget what theology it's called, but anyway, um, got a real fancy name. Oh well, uh, I receive not honor of men. You guys want to kill me? I know you that you have not loved. You have not the love of God in you. Here I heal a man on the Sabbath and you want to kill me. Does not sound like the law of God. I come in my Father's name and you receive me not. If another man come in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe which receive honor one of another and seek not honor that cometh from God only? That's who we ought to be seeking honor from. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. We believe in Joseph, Moses. We don't believe in you. For if you had believed Moses, verse 46, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. Verse 47. But if ye believed not his writings... Which is the word of God for first five books of the Bible, and the rest of the Bible, as far as I'm concerned. How shall you believe my words? Anyway, again, it, it, it's not how much faith you have; it's the object of your faith. And if your faith, if the object of your faith, is your good works, you are. I don't care how much faith you have in your good works. You are going to a place prepared for Satan and his angels, but, or his demons. But if you put a little bit of faith, God, I believe, helped out my unbelief. I'm trusting Jesus Christ the best way I know how. I prayed that, I think that's what the guy asked me to pray. And I said, hey, I didn't feel anything. I didn't see anything. When I looked up, he said, amen. I said, look, nothing happened. He said, it's not a feeling. Some days you feel good. Some days you feel bad. But if you trusted Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven when you die. I said, okay. I shook his hand. This girl saw me from afar. She was in the living room. I was out on the patio and you know, probably 30 feet away. And she saw me just, you know, walking by her to the front door to leave the house, get in my little yellow Volkswagen and drive home. And and she said, if I never see you again, I'll see you in heaven. And I said, You're right. And I that 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 was a that you know, that's my testimony. You can't have it. You have to have your own testimony. I was listening to some podcast guy, and he said this, and he said that, and then I, whatever. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So, if you're not going to open up your Bible and follow along, then, you know, shame on you. If you don't have a Bible, then uh, you'll have to, I mean, the woman at the well didn't have a Bible. She just, she knew about Messiah. Messiah's coming, and Jesus said, I'm, I am, I am. that talk to you, I'm He. And they go, she she believed she ran down to tell the people of uh, the city Sychar. Okay, wanted to show off by showing you that I remember the name of that city where she came from was Sychar in Samaria. All right, well I'm going to say adios, which is to God, which I want to do every day. Walk worthy of Him, Colossians one nine through fourteen or nine through uh, eleven. Whatever it is, 9 through 14, I think, yeah. And my wife's prayer. And I'm going to say to God, adios, which means to God. And I'm going to say via con Dios, which means go with God. And yes, this took a long time because I reviewed the first four chapters. I will try not to do that again. Sorry for a 46 minute and 30, 30, 35, 36 second uh, podcast. Sorry, I got to hit the button. Adiós, vaya con Dios.